Psalm 103. All right, if you would, I've got a. Uh, Ruth just stepped out. Did she go to the nursery? I've got a, a poster up here, poster flyer, whatever you call this thing, uh, on our revival for October the fourth. If if, uh, if you want to take some of these to work or uh, take them down to put them on the stores, we'll have some copies made and they'll be up there uh, on the table back there at least by. By Sunday, if you want to take some tonight, then we can make some after service. So remind me of that if you would. But Psalm 103, let me get there. It's hard for me to uh, turn and talk at the same time. Psalm 103. And I just noticed here in this Bible that I brought part of it's ripped off. Uh, I better get me. I better get me another Bible. Psalm 103, that one's complete. Amen. Thank God for that. I had not got that chapter memorized. Have you Have you got Psalm 103 memorized? That's a good chapter. I, I've been meaning to memorize it now for about 40 years, but I had not got around to it yet. Amen. Now, there's a lot of good uh, Scripture in the Bible to memorize, and uh, I recommend to you uh, he, uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and... Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, and I always uh, go back and, and get 1 and 2. About every two or three years, I'll go back and rememorize it because it slips away from me. And I, I get about four or five verses into, chap, into chapter 3, and it just uh, loses, I don't know, loses its appeal for memorization or something. I don't know what that is, but uh, that's a, those are a couple of good chapters. Colossians chapter 1, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, some of those things. If you'll memorize those, and you don't have to be in a race to get it done or see how fast you can get it done, but if you'll memorize some of those things with, with serious intent, it'll really teach you some good Bible doctrine and really settle some things in your mind. You know, we make the uh, children in the school memorize these. They memorized Ephesians 1 last year and, and they've been memorizing Scripture right on. But sometimes if you're made to do it, it really doesn't have the same effect as if you want to do it. And so uh, I find that when you memorize Scripture because you want to, well, the Lord reveals things to you and um, strengthens you in your uh, daily walk and all sorts of things like that. So I recommend that. And uh, maybe that page being ripped is, uh, is a good thing. Remind me to remind you. Uh, to memorize the scripture. Amen. But Psalm chapter 103, I'm going to preach to you uh, for a little bit tonight on this verse as, uh, or this chapter, as much of it as I can get through uh, in a goodly amount of time. But uh, the book of Psalms, we've been preaching out of this quite a bit over the last couple of months. And really, the book of Psalms is about personal devotion and a personal worship. Do you know you can worship God all by yourself? Now, the Bible commands us. Uh, to meet together and to worship together, the church is a body. We're not we're not really uh, thirty or forty or fifty people in here. We're really one person under the body of Jesus Christ. We're, a lot of people really 
get it wrong. And I, I think they got good intentions. And I've even said this myself, that the church is a family, and it is. But the church really isn't a family. The church is one man. It's one body. And it's supposed to be unified under the head. Just like your body doesn't go anywhere without, the, without its head. Uh, the church really is supposed to function as one body underneath the Lord Jesus Christ as our head. So the book of Psalms is really, uh, it's a whole bunch of chapters and some of them are short and just a very few of them are, are long. Uh, like Psalm 119, I think all of you are probably familiar with that. Uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. But for the most part, uh, the book of Psalms is, is made up of these chapters that are, are very readable and very understandable. I find very few things that are hard to understand in the book of Psalms. Uh, But one thing that I do understand about the book of Psalms, uh, definitely, is that it's about personal worship, and it's about personal devotion. And you've probably seen, if you've been to Walmart or some Christian bookstore, you've probably seen some little uh, booklet with a daily devotional and you read through it one devotion a day and well the book of psalm i believe is the ultimate devotional book and i believe that god put it in there for this purpose for you to learn how to worship on your own as i said we are directed to worship together and gather ourselves together but it's a whole lot easier for 50 people to worship together when each one knows how to worship on their own. In other words, devotion means that you take great pleasure in a thing. And so, you, that, of course, you, under, you see the word in it, devoted, devotion, devoted. You see the word in there. And so it's easy to understand some people are devoted to money and some people are devoted to family. Some people are devoted uh, to a lot of things in this world, a trade or education or a specific field of education. But what we definitely and certainly need in our day and time is devotion to the Lord, individual devotion to the Lord. And it's not really hard to get in a place where people are saying amen and say amen. And it's not really hard to get around a bunch of people who enjoy a thing and enjoy it with them. You're sure that nobody's going to laugh at you and make fun of you. You're sure that everybody's in agreement and that if you say a thing, it's not you're not going to be uh, ridiculed about it. And so it's easy to do that in a group. And what's not easy is to remember that every day is a worship day and every day is a Lord's day in your heart and life if you're saved. So the book of Psalms is a, is a, is a personal devotion. So with that in mind, uh, let's look and read Psalm 103. And probably every one of you probably heard at least these first four verses or five verses uh, probably heard them or seen them on plaques or different things like that so I'm sure it'll be familiar to you once we start reading and let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get right into it Heavenly Father we do thank you tonight for this time that we dedicate to your word many times we come together and we sing and and we do different things and uh, and the such Lord but we want to give you uh, certain times and places that are just dedicated to your word and Lord receiving your word into our heart and life so that we don't sin against you so that we don't offend you and so Lord tonight I pray God that you'd receive uh, Lord receive us 
uh, Lord, as, uh, as folks that have come together, uh, Lord, just to submit ourselves to your word, submit ourselves to your will, and we ask you, O oh God, to reveal yourself to us now through your word, and we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine diseases? Who healeth all thy? Uh, who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? I knew that didn't sound right when I read it. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy soul with good things, so that thy youth is renewed? like the eagles. How many of you heard that passage before? I'm, I'm sure most of you have and most of you have seen it. I hope all of you has read it. All of you has read it, ain't you? Amen. I, I hope so. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Now a lot of uh, people don't mind really uh, blessing the Lord from, for the outward things. Bless, you know, for the food. We sit down and we say the blessing. Right? We call that the blessing. We're 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 saying the blessing. What that means is we're telling God we're thankful for what He's given us and thankful for what He's provided us for. And, you know, bless this food to, to the nourishment of our body, all 10,000 calories of it. Amen. We asking God to, to fix us up. Amen. Uh, but He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. All that's inside of me. He says, Let me bless you that way. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And it's kind of like, if you read it just right and look at it just right, it's kind of like he's talking to himself. He's reminding himself. And he does that quite often through the book of Psalms. He'll say something like, he'll say, uh, Soul, uh, why art thou cast down? In other words, he'll get depressed or he'll get under a great load of, of grief or he'll get under a burden and he'll just start talking to himself. David, he'll say, uh, Soul, how come you're cast down? You ever talk to yourself like that? Some of you are afraid maybe your wife will have you uh, committed or what, <laughs> your husband will have you hauled off in a straitjacket if they catch you talking to yourself. But it's kind of good to talk to yourself. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about personal devotion. David says to, you, to himself, he says, uh, So what you need to do is bless the Lord. And he said, not just uh, on Sunday and not just on Wednesday night, but all the time. All, all that is within me. Uh, with the same determination that you uh, that you receive uh, pleasure and happiness and sustenance and provision uh, from your workplace and from your home and all that, he said, that, all those things, everything that's in you, your family, your finances, everything about you, everything that your hobbies, everything that you enjoy in life ought to be some source of blessing to the Lord. And you know, blessing uh, when you just kind of break it down to its simplest form is happiness. That's one form of it. That's one form of it. Uh, but it's uh, it, to receive a blessing means that somebody else has made you happy or made you to rejoice or made you have joy. Even if things are hard or even if things are going badly, you can still receive joy. And that's what I believe real blessings is. Blessings are things that uh, you know, uh, brighten your eyes when things are going bad. Th- joy is the thing that reminds you that things are worth going on even though things are uh, maybe hard in some areas of your life. So-
So David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. So I just wonder if you would ask yourself the same thing. It does everything uh, that I have. Is it a blessing? Am I, sac- am I satisfied with it? And does everything, is everything that I am a blessing to the Lord? The things that God has blessed me with, do I then take and turn that and bless the Lord with it? Amen? Like a, you could just use the example of a father with a son. A father may give a son everything, and a son turn around and be an embarrassment to his father or be a, 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 a source of disgust to his father. A man turn around and give a, a boy a car, and the boy go out and get drunk and have an accident with it, and maybe kill somebody. That'd be a great displeasure. Now, once you get past the book of Psalms and turn over into the book of Proverbs, you'll find that Solomon's telling his boy, he said, hey, don't neglect the law of your mother and don't neglect the law of your father. He said, don't bring shame on your mother. Don't bring shame. And one of the cardinal rules of this life is honor your father and mother. Uh, Everything that you do ought to be a blessing to your father and mother. Now, you understand there may be fathers and mothers who don't get a blessing out of godly things, but we are making this thing, uh, we're attributing this to a relationship between us and God. So you understand uh, what I'm I'm talking about, I believe, when I say, all that is within me, bless His holy name. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of His benefits. So a lot of times we like to subtract the world, and I've heard preachers do this, before they try to you know well we can't talk about relationships and we can't talk about finances and we can't talk about you know food and we can't talk about we're only supposed to talk about spiritual things well the lord's given us many benefits that he expects us to bless his name about he says who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases so that's both a physical and a spiritual aspect Right there in that verse. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Ain't you glad you're saved? Yeah. I mean, do you spend enough time thinking about your salvation and working on your salvation and cultivating your salvation to be a blessing to God? I mean, God looked down from heaven and say, Hey, that old boy right there. Hey, that lady right there. They're saved. They know it. They're dedicated to not only get, having their own sins forgiven, but to helping other people get their sins forgiven. But they're thankful their sins are forgiven. I mean, they're really, I mean, they, as they say, taking the ball and running with it. Some people never even hardly give a thought about uh, whether their sins are forgiven or not, let alone that they have been forgiven. So he says, bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits. The spiritual benefits is that the Lord's forgiven your iniquities. So he's talking to his soul there. And then he says, who healeth all thine diseases? Uh, uh, A wounded spirit who can bear. Right? Right? The Bible says a wounded spirit, who can bear? Somebody that's broken down in their body and broken down in their spirit, uh, boy, they, they're just the lowest of the low. I mean, they, you couldn't cheer them up uh, for nothing. You could throw them a surprise party uh, once a day during the week and twice on Saturday, and they just wouldn't be satisfied with life. Don't like people, don't want to be around people, disgusted with people, and every time they get around people, they just disgusted all the time. 
What is it about people? You know what? I used to be like that a little bit. Disgusted with people. Boy, people. People, people, people. Uh, the source of all of our problems is people. <laughs> That's a, that, there, there may be some wisdom in that, but you can take that too far. And I, I might have picked that up from my mother, and she might have picked that up from her mother a little bit. But you know, uh, the Lord has given us great benefits, and the Lord has done so much for us. We ought not be the bearers of a wounded spirit. Amen. We ought not be a source of bitterness. Bible's, the Bible says that bitterness uh, will defile many. And you, so you to cut off that root of bitterness, whatever it is. I don't know what a root of bitterness may be in your life, but there may be in some of the people who look the happiest on their face when they're around other people. They may have a root of bitterness that comes from... And so everybody that they meet, they've got to find something wrong with them. And I don't know what kind of sickness that is, and I'm not really looking down on folks like that. I'm not really, I don't have a lot of mean stuff to say to somebody that's like that because I know what it's like to be in that case. But I do know this, the Lord will handle that for you. The Lord lets you see people like He sees them. Now the Bible says the Lord is angry with the wicked every day. Angry. Now that's that's pretty drastic. But the same people that make the Lord angry, He died on the cross for them, made provision for them. Amen made provision for them. And so when we look at life, I mean, we see all these things. We, 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 we oftentimes forget that the Lord has forgiven our iniquities and healed our diseases. And I don't know if you ever thought about somebody that, well, I'm a picture of health. Well, you wouldn't have been a picture of health if God hadn't delivered you from some of the things He delivered you from. Yeah. Amen. And some of you ladies, if y'all hadn't have got saved, you and your husband, you'd have been beat a hundred times by now. Amen. Some of you men, if God hadn't saved you, you'd have cirrhosis of the liver by now. Or your wife had done shot you with a thirty-eight. Amen. Uh, you don't realize it, but God has saved you from a lot of diseases that would have crippled you through a life of sin. God saved you. And boy, if God saved you young, you got a special you got a special blessing. I mean a special blessing. And you know, some of us got saved at a young age, but squandered that. And, and, and we, we didn't take advantage of that like we ought to. And I can say we because I'm talking about me. You all the time think I'm talking about you when I'm preaching, but I'm talking about me. I got saved at a very young age, but I didn't realize. Wasn't wise enough to see what I had. Boy, if you got a saved mom and daddy, and if they got, you know, some tight reins on you, sometimes you're going to think you've got it bad or you never get to do nothing, but you're one of the safest cats there is. That's right. Hey Amen. You, you've got it good. That's right. I, the things that your mom and daddy's saving you from, you'll never be able to weigh that as far as what it's worth. Amen. I wish I had uh, some kind of special power of the tongue to make you realize what you've got sitting in church on a Wednesday night when thousands upon millions of young people all over this world, man, they're taking drugs and, and they're, they're being taken advantage of by evil people. Some of them in other countries are eating out of dumpsters and crawling through trash cans. I mean, there are people in this country who literally their village is inside the city dump. There's little kids being sold into all kinds of vile and wicked things, but here tonight, we don't have a thousand, but we've got a few 
that's sitting underneath the safety of the wings of the Lord. You don't realize that. David brings that up several times. David said, I'm going to get right up underneath your wings. Amen. It's a place of safety. You don't realize the benefits of that. I didn't realize the benefits of that. I thought there was something fun out there in the world. There ain't nothing fun out there. It's all lies. It's all, it's all crippling. And it's, and it's all sources of regret. Wrapped in about maybe 20 minutes of pleasure here or 30 minutes of pleasure there. The Bible says the pleasures of sin only last for a season. It's a short season too. Amen. Who forgiveth all thine iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases. That's something to shout about. Amen. Amen. If God ever uh, helped you quit drinking alcohol, that's something to be yeah. proud about. Amen. Amen. If God ever uh, got the hooks of rock music or that depressing country music out of your system, yeah. you got something to be glad about. Amen. Amen. If God ever released you from the power of pornography and all kinds of junk like that, you've got something to be uh, to, to bless His name for. I mean, you know what? I, I mean, just to make this thing as simple as I can, when God uh, sets somebody free from something and then they go about trying to set other people free from it, boy, God, that blesses God. That makes God happy about it. And God see people that's been set loose from alcohol and everything like that, and they just sit around and do nothing or just come to church on Sunday and all that. The Lord, I don't think He's too pleased with that. Uh, thanksgiving and praise are two things that comes to my mind when I think about all the things that God didn't let happen, happen to me. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I mean, I'm thankful for that. All the things that could have happened. All the things that would have happened. And I'll say this, all the things that should have happened. You reap what you sow. You ever heard that verse? Well, I've seen God allow things not to come to pass quite as hard as they should have. And boy, I tell you, God God saved us from some things like that. And then uh, when He sees all the stuff that He's done and He gets nothing in return, I don't believe that blesses Him. I hope I'm making this as clear as I can. I feel a little restrictive. Maybe I need to call on all the men to get up here with their green books and sing a song. Do you feel deprived because you didn't get to sing tonight? <laughs> uh, you need the Word. You need the Word more than you need to sing. Of course, I like the singing. Don't get me wrong about that. But listen, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is God does so much for us, but we don't have any idea about doing for Him. When you can, that listen, you ought to take this not as a rebuke. I'm not even trying to preach it as a rebuke to you. I'm trying to, I, I realize I'm not too polished around the edges and sometimes what I say might come out as a rebuke. But what I'm telling you is, you've got a new purpose in life, man. Right. You're not a drunkard no more. Right, amen. You're not video game addicts. Right. Right? right. I hope not. You're not heroin addicts. You're not wife beaters. You're not drunken ladies. Boy, you got something to be thankful for. You got something to work for. You've got a new aim. Hey, your life, because the shackles of sin and the shackles of addiction and the shackles of this old world have come off, you are now free to live for the Lord. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what he. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Don't you hear Paul saying that? He says, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. 
Isn't that what he says? As much as in me is. Paul said, I'm not, I'm not bound anymore uh, by the anger and by the bitterness that was causing me to haul these Christians down to the jailhouse for going against Moses. He said, now I'm free to go join them and live with them. Amen. And live for them. You can not only live for the Lord, but you can live for these folks sitting right in here with you. Paul said, I'm willing to... He said, I've spent, I, I, I'll spend and I'll be spent for you. Yeah. Just, just spent. You know what, uh, I guess, I don't know if that word's too commonly used this day and time. Uh, they call a, a round, you shoot a round out of a rifle and it'll go and it'll go and it'll go. And finally it'll lose all of its power. It'll lose all of its strength. That's called a spent round. Just don't have no power left. It's gave all it can give and it can't give no more. Paul said that's what I, I'm willing to be. Not just for my Lord, but for my Lord's people. To be spent. To be spent. Are you a spent round? For, we, we've been talking about the Lord's soldiers. Uh, how about what the soldier fires, them bullets? We got any spent rounds? Anybody here wore out from serving the Lord? Well, we sure have been going at a lot of revival meetings. No. <laughs> no, revival meetings is where you go to learn how to serve. Right. Amen. To get woke up from a stupor. And I didn't call you stupid. I said woke up. From, I was kind of in a stupor today. Uh, right before church, about long about 5.45 after supper, and uh, right before I got ready for church, I got in one of them sleeps that I love so much. Uh, there ain't nothing like being able to be asleep and awake at the same time. You, you know what I'm talking about? That, that, that space right there in between sleep where you're, you're awake and you can still think about your day, but at the same time you're resting like a baby. That's my favorite kind of nap. Boy, I love those. That's what I call a stupor. <laughs> Amen. Well, revival is supposed to kind of wake you up out of a stupor. Paul says, uh, Awake thou that sleepest, and Christ will give you light. Amen. Well, let me get on with this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Have you even thought about His benefits? Do you even realize? The Lord says, Let not your heart be troubled. The Lord said He'd give you love and joy and peace. Well, do you have those things? Are those? Do you recognize those benefits? If not, I'd seek the Lord. But there's a lot of people in this day and time that's got all kinds of formulas for success. But all I can tell you is seek the Lord. Lord, help me. I pray that, I pray that way all the time. I get, a, I get in a bad way and I say, Lord, I don't know what's wrong, but help me. Oh, that's too simple of a prayer. Man, that's, those are the best prayers for me. God helps me when I get that way. And I've found myself, you know, get in here when nobody's here and try to pray and try to come up with all the words to tell God. And the best prayers I've prayed is just, Lord, I don't know what's wrong. Just help me. And Lord, I don't know what I need. Just you figure it out for me. And not just like, God now help me and then leave and go on about. I'm talking about just... If you've got to say that a thousand times in a day, just say it and mean it. That's calling out to God. Amen. I believe that blesses Him as well. Well, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. See, He didn't only redeem you from destruction, but He crowned you 
with love and kindness and tender mercies. Everywhere you go, you've got crowns that show you to be one of God's children. We talked about last week in Sunday school that whole armor of God, that uniform that God's soldier wears. Well, not only can you look at it in that aspect, but you can think about it this way. Everywhere you go, you've got crowns on your head. He said he... He crowneth thee with love and kindness. I mean, the Lord has invested so much mercy and so much love and kindness in you that it's changed your life to the place where when people see you, they recognize there's something about you. You're not a loser. You're a victor. The Bible said He's given us the victory. The Bible said He made us more than conquerors. Amen. Amen. I've had people uh, talk to me about being a, a pastor in a church that's, uh, you know, where the church is small and the town is small and there's not much potential. And I've had people talk to me about being a preacher with no college pedigree or no, no, big, uh, no big stuff like that. Hey, man, I don't need that. I've got a crown on my head. It's the mercy of God. It's His love and kindness. God loves me. And you're going to think I'm bragging just a little bit. But God loves me as much as anybody who's ever graduated from any college on this planet. And He'll talk to me just like He will anybody else. And then I can turn that right around and say it to you. God loves you as much as He loves anybody that's ever graduated from any college. Any doctor's degree, any, anybody that's ever pastored a church with a thousand people. Any, God is just as willing to talk to you and deal with you and explain things to you as He is to me or anybody else. That's your crown. And that kind of confidence ought to show. I hear people around town, and some of them are even brave enough to make jokes about our little signs and different stuff like that. Man, that doesn't bother me. Hey, I'm, I'm, we got a, we've had a sign up there. It's kind of an underhanded jab at the queers. We've had it up there for about three months, and people are laughing and making jokes about that thing. That doesn't bother me one bit. Right. The fact that I'm not deceived by this homosexual crowd and this political correct crowd shows that God loved me enough to keep me from being blinded. And if he didn't, I'd have been blinded and I'd have been right there with him. Amen. Amen. God loved me enough. I look at it this way. God loved me enough to give me a mom and daddy that told me to do the right thing and beat my rear end if I did. That's God's loving kindness. That's a crown of glory to me. Amen. I recommend you go home and crown your kids just... (laughs) Just for giggles. Amen. No, I'm, I'm just kidding about that. Don't whoop them. They won't like me no more after that. But that's a crown to you. That's a crown to you. The fact that you hadn't been deceived by some of this stuff, that's a crown to you. That's God's tender mercy. God's tender mercy. I mean, I took a lot of steps towards sin, yet the Lord keeps me from it. That's an amazing thing to me. Uh, the Lord executeth righteousness. Verse 6, the Lord... Uh, well, I skipped verse 5, didn't I? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Look down in verse 17. Let me kind of wrap this thought together, and then we'll go to the house. It says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him, and His righteousness unto, the, unto children's children. Now there's something special about that verse that goes along with what I've been saying, and I want you to just look at it. I want you to take the first part of it right there. 
I guess right at the word where it says everlasting, everlasting, and just read it from that, that point on. Upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children. Unto them that fear Him and His righteousness. Well, that sounds like a pretty good crowd of folks, don't it? Those people that fear God, want to do the right thing, want to show up around God's people. I mean, those people that love Him and want to serve Him and they don't mind saying amen. I mean, these people fear God. And when a person fears God, the Bible gives you a definition of who those people are. The Bible says the people that fear God depart from iniquity. I mean, we talk about holy rollers. Amen? But if you look at that verse real close, you'll see a great revelation. It says, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him. You know them God-fearing people need mercy. God-fearing people need mercy. You mean to tell me God-fearing people need mercy? See, you think that there's one class of people that are just perfect all the time. They don't never mess up. And then there's those, uh, those of us who need mercy. That's not the way it is. We're all just people. And I think that's part of where part of this bitterness comes from. Everybody down on other people because maybe maybe the way they live maybe uh, ridicules our life a little bit. Maybe I think maybe you you talk, talk about jealousy. Uh, some people are jealous over rich people. I, I guess you get jealous over. You know I don't care what rich people have. Just because somebody's got two Cadillacs and a, and all that stuff and a uh, seven hundred thousand, that doesn't disqualify me from life. That didn't stop me from living. Amen. If, listen, if God shows somebody something out of the Bible, that doesn't negate what me and the Lord's relationship. If the Lord is is happy with one of His children and blesses them, that doesn't give me any reason to negate their life and try to tear their life down in order to make myself feel better. I believe that's a big part of people's uh, their bitterness and, and the reason that they got to ridicule all the time. Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna ridicule, if you're gonna be a critic, it better be constructed to try to build somebody up, not to tear them down so it makes you look worse or makes you look better, make them look worse. Oh, that's just bitterness. That's just bitterness right there. But what we, what we ought to realize, and the thing that will help you as a Christian, is boy, you realize, hey, even those that fear the Lord are imperfect. They need mercy. The Lord promised that mercy. He said the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them wicked sinners. That ain't what it says. It says that His mercy is on them that fear Him. You know you can fear God and mess up. You can fear God and slip up and cuss once in a while. I don't recommend it. You say, well, Brother Mike, I only think those things. I never say it. You're just as guilty. <laughs> uh, who told you that a sin is only a sin if it comes out of your mouth? That, I mean, that, that ain't right. Amen. You envy in your heart, that's just as good as slipping in somebody's window and stealing it from them. Amen. That's the kind of talk my Bible's got. That's right. He said you lust after a woman in your heart. Said you done committed adultery with her. Amen. Say you hate your brother. You murdered him. You pulled out your thirty-eight and shot him. Right there on the spot. See, the Lord looks at all that. 
But there's one thing about it, just like this verse, just like this chapter says. Look back up there in verse number 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgression from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. The people that fear the Lord are people who are worthy of pity. The Lord says, I feel sorry for them folks. And you know, if you think about it, the Lord in heaven is saying, that fellow's trying, and boy, he just, just about the time he thinks he's got that thing whooped, it'll jump up and bite him again. And why else would he pity us? The Bible says he knows our frame. Uh, uh, verse, uh, where's the verse I'm looking for? Uh, he says, let me keep reading on here. Verse number 14, For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. And we got our King James Bible under our arm and our suit and our tie on and go down to the house of the Lord and transgress 20 times before we get there. Come in and smile at everybody just like we ain't done nothing wrong. And the Lord sits there and goes, He sure is trying, ain't He? And he's serious about it. And you may think it sounds funny, but you're deceiving yourself if you think you fall into any other category than that. You're deceiving yourself if you think you don't fall right there into that category. I don't care how high your standards is or how big your morality is or what else you got going for you in this life, the Lord just feels sorry for us. And I'm glad to be one of those. I'm glad He feels sorry for me. I'm glad He pities me. Because if He did not be, I'd be in the world to hurt, wouldn't you? Boy, I like those verses though. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions. Our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. I was out there today pulling up some of those weeds. And uh, one of my girls, I think it was Tori, right before the service, she was pointing out how that little bush or that little, uh, uh, what is that, a little vine that had grown up the, the, the railing out there, it was dead. And she was pointing out the fact, hey, this thing's dying. And I said, well, it ought to be dying. I pulled the root out of it today. Well, see, that thing was alive this morning, or uh, this afternoon, matter of fact. It was just right after lunch. I pulled the root on it. And just by by this evening, it's done withering away. That's what the Lord says right there. As for man, his days are as grass. You get cut off from the root, you wither up, and thank God we're rooted and grounded in Him. Amen? Amen. You cut off my root, I'll get closer to Him. Amen. Never die. That's one of those benefits we ought to think of as a blessing. We could bless Him with. Amen. For as the wind, or verse 16, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. I was looking the other day about, you folks remember Mr. Harvey? I was looking over some things. We shot some video down there at his funeral when I preached his funeral. And I was thinking about him the other day and sitting and looking at all that, listening to his boy talk a little bit. You know, folks don't think much about Mr. Harvey. He's been gone now three or four years. One of these days, you and I will be gone. And 
folks will cry and folks will think about us a little bit and then four or five years and that's why why we've got our chance now we have to do all we can to bless him that's all we've got the the amount that we bless him while we're here is all we're going to have throughout eternity amen yes sir he says for the wind passeth over it and it is gone and the place thereof shall know it no more the ground won't even know you're you've been here Amen. But the Lord will know. The Bible says, and I like this, the Bible says the Lord knoweth them that are His. Amen. I wonder if the Lord sits up in heaven sometimes and looks at the things that you do and says, I like that. Well, that's what this chapter is about. Bless the Lord, O my soul. you got to sit down and reason with yourself. Hey, soul, you've got a job to do. Bless the Lord. Be a blessing to Him. We've got benefits. We've been the recipients. We've got plenty to thank Him for. It's time to give back. Time to give back. Brother Nathan, you come.